0: Well, hello and welcome back to the Middleman Podcast. And it's a fight that I don't think anyone's particularly bothered about, to be honest, that we're going to kick things off today with Max. And it's Tyson Fury, Derek Chisora 3, the trilogy that no one asked for yet, we now have. Uh, so let's start there. You have to go back 11 years for the first out. Tyson Fury, the underdog, beating Derek Chisora back in 2011. And then the second came three years later in 2014, Chisora Retired in his corner at the end of the end of the 10th round. And now we have another fight on the line. The WBC heavyweight belt is up for grabs at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's the trilogy. And does it excite me? Not particularly. A 34-year-old coming up against a 38-year-old. And we we know Tyson Fury can beat Derek Chisori. He's done it twice before. And I don't think anyone wants to see this fight. I would have rather, obviously, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, I would have rathered an opponent that we know will put up a fight against Tyson Fury. um, But we know that's not going to happen because negotiations with AJ fell through that potential super fight in November or December, not happening now. Um, So instead uh, here's what we have. We have Derek Chisora um, Tyson Fury's first fight since stopping Dillian White um, and Chisora's first after he ended the three year losing streak by beating Kubrick Pulev in July So maybe, Max, this was Fury's plan all along, but just what are your initial reactions, I suppose, as we kick off the podcast to this massive fight? Well, Well, (laughs) it's it's not a massive fight. It's to this British fight.
1: Yeah, we're uh, starting it off, kicking it off with an irrelevant punch-up, aren't we? But I guess, you know, we can call it, at the end of the day, it's a heavyweight uh, world title fight. It is Tyson Fury in action. So that does have the elements of a huge fight. It's just the opponent that lets it down. And you mentioned something interesting there about this might have been Tyson's plan all along. And I think I think you're correct with that because, listen, this, the negotiations with him and Joshua, it looked farcical from the start. You could see what Fury was doing on social media. And I think he's done this before, to be honest, um, where he's – Tried to fool the public into making it look like he's genuine about a fight, and then, at like at the at the last second, pulling the plug on it. Um, but this time, fans saw right through it, and they realised. And you know, there was there was not a good reception to him and his social media presence when we found out that the Joshua fight fell through. As soon as he said, "I'm giving Joshua till now uh, to sign the contract," everyone was like. You're like it looks like you're looking for a reason to pull the plug on it. You're looking for something because why would you give an unrealistic uh, deadline to sign the contract for? It's just stupid. And he's not even the one dealing with these contracts. So it it seemed like he wanted something a bit easier from the start, which is a bit strange to be honest. Because you know Tyson Fury might be polarizing, a bit outspoken. Some people might not uh, get along with his character. I am a I am a fan of his. And I would always say that he has never looked to take an easier way out. He's always, you know, we know from his career, the highlight of his career, the comeback to uh, become a two-time heavyweight champion. We know that he doesn't take easy ways. He, He likes the challenge and he'll take the hard one, but I think he's got comfortable at the top, you know, at the top of the heavyweight pile. Now he just wants to cherry pick. I think, as you said, then with the, uh, the two Derek Chazora fights, you know, they become friends after that. And I think... Of course they do. He, he I, went, and
0: it's two on. million in the bank. It's two million in the bank for, for Chisora. And, and Fury makes a shit ton from selling out the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's a 60,000-seater ground. So, yeah, you, you're completely right there, mates. It's like, it's completely different, but it's, it's similar. When May, Mayweather fought Jake Paul, he says to Jake Paul, Was it Logan Paul? Whatever. He says to Logan Paul, I'll carry you for so-and-so rounds. You stay in the ring. You play your part. I'll play mine. We'll both come away with even more money than we had before. And that's exactly what's happening here, no?
1: Yeah, it's spot on. Uh, The only difference is with that is that Floyd and Logan were fighting in an exhibition match that people understand and will be okay with it being a circus show. When it's one of the most prestigious titles in boxing then you're making a joke out of it. And yeah, mm. I think Tyson's just set up a little little master plan to get him and his mate paid one more time before they sail off into the sunset with their dollars. Because I wouldn't be surprised if Fury doesn't fight after this. But what a horrible way to finish your legacy off. I was at his event in June, at, uh, you know, his uh, meet and greet event. And he was saying, oh, how many times, how many more times I got to get punched in the face before? What did can- you
0: say to him, Max? What What was the conversation you had?
1: I didn't I wasn't able to um to actually talk with him. I got a quick photo but there were so many people to get through that. Yeah. He was he was answering questions here and there. Um I was sat at the back just kind of soaking it all up but yeah somebody asked him about fighting again because at, at that point earlier on in the year he was retired because he had fought white and announced his retirement for the god knows how many uh <laughs> how many times in his career that he's done that but he said, "Oh, how many times do I got to get punched in the face before you guys are satisfied?" And I was like all right, fair enough. But but keep that energy, if you're going to say it. Stay retired. You know, well, keep to your word.
0: Also, he's a boxer. His job is to get punched in the face. Or I guess to avoid being punched in the face. But primarily, a boxer will get punched in the face. And it's interesting that you say this is his route to retirement. But I also wonder, is this the warm-up fight for uh, Alexander Usyk? Was Alexander Usyk the, the grand plan all along to... to eventually go go and fight him it wouldn't be the rumble in the jungle but it would be one hell of a clash and i know I'm, I've, I've heard tyson fury um talk down about Usyk, saying that he fought a bodybuilder with anthony joshua who who by the way tyson fury is obsessed with he's obsessed with anthony joshua every press conference i watched the chisora press conference the whole thing was about aj who in fairness hasn't bit back in the last 24 hours um this is what Fury said about Joshua I'll keep torturing him until he has the balls to fight me Um, and I'm pretty sure Chisora said that uh, AJ or Tyson Fury wants to go and do naughty things in bed with Anthony Joshua was Derek Chisora's point of view Um, but but back to the Usyk back
1: to the Usyk point
0: is that maybe something to consider as well is this scheme grand scheme to to get Alexander Usyk in the ring
1: well I would hope so if this is a, a tune-up fight to actually have a genuinely competitive 50-50. I don't want to say 50-50. You know, people might disagree with me on that. But, you know, a highly competitive fight between the top two in that division. If that's what he's aiming towards further down the line, because I know Usyk is taking time out and plans on fighting uh, midway through 2023. So if he's if Tyson's fighting now to stay active and then wants Fury later, then I, I I'll applaud that. Then I'll say, fair enough. you've you've pulled the wool over our eyes in a good way. Instead of trying to pull the wool over our eyes in a horrible way in trying to set up the Joshua fight and, you know, never never materialising it. He's he's done us, he's done the public and the fans and journalists and everyone hopeful for that fight. He's done them, he's done them wrong there. Do you know what I mean? So if, that'll be huge redemption for him if he he comes back and um, actually manages to make the first undisputed fight since nineteen ninety nine, uh, for the heavyweights at least. Anyway, with Alexander Usyk, but I think there's complications even there. I question because of the everything that's happened in the AJ situation. I question if he does really want that Usyk fight, or if he's going to play that. Oh, how many times have I got to get hit in the head before you get satisfied? Card again. So you know this. This guy's on and off, and I really can't trust a, a word he says nowadays. I'm really not sure what his intentions are. But even saying that, you've got. Uh, Wilder, Deontay Wilder versus Andy Ruiz Jr. trying to be set up by the WBC to make a number one mandatory for Tyson Fury's bout as well. So even after this Derek Chisora fight, even if Fury is true to his word, s- announces that he wants to fight Usyk and keeps to that, there's still complications that are out of his control that will be um sorted out with the WBC. So even then there's problems. So I, c- I can't really see it happening, but I hope for the lovers the, the love of the sport that it really does.
0: Would you rather see Usyk, Deontay Wilder or Usyk Tyson Fury and uh, who what opponent does Alexander Usyk have a better chance of beating? Deontay Wilder who we saw destroyed his opponent was it Saturday night or it might have been the Saturday night before that they, they all blur into one in the first round with his knockout power and his sensation his sensational power it's, it's astonishing or Tyson Fury who we all know with his feet is the best in the business he's an unbelievable boxer and one of the best of his generation if not of all time so if you if you're Alexander Usyk and you're thinking about potential fights and that's what's keeping you up at night do you go wilder do you go fury I'll
1: tell you what and this is not to compare the two to to the boxes that I'm going to compare uh them with now I'm not saying that this is what they're like but I'm just going off the style and situation we we have here with uh, Wilder or Fury for Usyk's opponents. So you have the hardest hitting puncher, potentially in boxing history, but definitely pound for pound out of all current boxers right now in Deontay Wilder or you have the most skillful heavyweight in Tyson Fury. Now, this might lead into a nice segue for our next topic but I would say who, who would win out of a fight between Claressa or who has won out of Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall. You've got Savannah Marshall, the hardest-hitting woman, potentially in history, but definitely out of the current and active women. Or you have the most skillful in Clarissa Shields. And look who prevailed on Saturday. And I think that is who would prevail, and that is who would be the harder challenge. I think Tyson Fury would be the harder challenge because although Wilder can switch you off like that, there are ways around him. There, there are bigger flaws to his game than there are with Fury's. So, and Usyk has the movement and he has all the skills to get away from that right hand. I'm not saying he can do it for 12 rounds. I'm not saying it's a guaranteed win for Usyk. I think, obviously, the danger is always present, is ever present with Deontay Waldo. And his, as long as his right hand is on him, is literally attached to his shoulder, then he has a he has a chance, a literal puncher's chance. But Fury has more. And I think... and. To be honest, I would love to see, you know, Deontay Wilder's in a very entertaining boxer, so he's going to be in entertaining fights. I'd love to see him fight Usyk. But in terms of making this sport progressive and, you know, making this a a unified thing again and stopping this fragmentation that's going on in boxing, we need Fury versus Usyk. We need these bouts to become undisputed. We need one champion. I'm sick and tired. It's been my whole life that the top... The most revered division in boxing, the heavyweight division, has been fragmented. I'm sick of it. And I want one champion. And now there is a chance to do that as early as next year. So let's make it happen. And I think it, it would be a much harder fight for Usyk as well.
0: It's what everyone wants to see. It's happened in female boxing. It's happened with Devin Haney. Uh, but obviously we're talking heavyweight boxing and that is what everyone wants to see. We'll get on to Devin Haney later. And like you said, diversity in boxing and making strides for the sport in absolutely the right way uh, two of the very best women I've ever seen put on a pair of gloves Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall um, and what a fight that was here's what it sounded like at the end and if you're listening on YouTube then go back and watch it if you're listening on the podcast then just have a listen to this and a new So that was over two million viewers tuning in to watch Clarissa Shields beating Savannah Marshall. And that was the commentary there. And it was the first ever all female boxing event televised in the UK and Ireland. I spoke to Derby County's women's manager, Sam Griffith, the day after this fight, and we were just catching up on the sidelines before Nottingham Forest, Derby County, which Derby were woeful in and they lost three, one. So maybe our conversation before the game didn't help that, but what Sam said was she said that it is unbelievable to look at women's sport right now and and to look at what's happening to it. And actually at the city ground at a premier league stadium for this Derby that I covered for for radio Derby, they broke the the women's national league North attendance record, 5,000 people to watch um, football in, in the women's sport that isn't even at the top level. So if you haven't seen it, go back and watch uh, Claressa Shields in the, the ring walk was just so, so relaxed Um, it it was an absorbing fight you you couldn't get enough of it it was an epic contest at the O2 and I I said it last week boxing's reputation had taken a blow we were talking about it uh, with Connor Ben, and you said that Eddie Hearn's reputation has taken a blow and I went one step further and I said actually I think boxing's been a bit damaged and I I think these two have have put boxing back where it belongs or, or, or have just put in the first kind of foundations to do that so it was a rearranged fight worth waiting for, Max.
1: Most definitely. Um, it is a shame we couldn't get it sooner. Uh, as fans we are naturally impatient, but it was worth the wait. My God, it was worth the wait. Um, as you said last or a couple of weeks ago, we we spoke about. Obviously, the Conor Ben situation was very fresh at the time, and we said, right. Although, that is what it is, and you know. Boxing has taken a the kids would say a fat on this one. Um <laughs> we do have things to look forward to and we have the positive side of it and we look towards these fights that happened on the weekend. And it was just great to see, you know, what I should be seeing on the weekend rather than negative comments about the sport, just positivity and even new uh, new fans being brought in because of these fights. You know, we had uh Shields Marshall, Haney Cambosis, and Waldo Helenius all on the same night, you know. Huge um, displays of knockouts and then displays of just beautiful um, boxing excellence, technical skill and ring IQ. So it had everything that weekend, uh, which we are so lucky for. And yeah, I don't think it will repair what has been done. Um, And, you know, the massive hole in boxing. Well, one of the massive holes in boxing uh, in terms of drug testing, but it was a good recovery and it, you know, it was a nice bounce back and uh, is is what the fans needed and yeah hi- history in the making with the women um i would li- i would like to say i prefer taylor serrano but it's really Why? tough you know i i i prefer i don't prefer smaller weights um maybe i do i don't know i just think does, for me does, the man. output um I will actually have to check the stats because I don't want to be saying, oh, you know, the lighter girls threw way more punches and they made it like a bit more uh, scintillating in, in that sense because I might be wrong. But... They're a lot
0: quicker. As a rule of thumb, the, the lighter you go down in the divisions, the the quicker the boxing. Yeah. So, exactly. uh, yeah, I think you can make that point.
1: But the suspense and the intensity was just as present in Shields-Marshall and it was just a fantastic fight. I'm not gonna lie. I was speaking to my mate about this the other day. Um, shout out to Leon. I don't. I don't think Marshall's style is right. I don't. I don't like that Peter Fury style, especially against a, a unbelievable counter puncher like Shields. To be honest, whatever, whatever style Marshall went out with on that day, she was not gonna beat Shields. You know, she she gave it her best. She showed a lot of heart. But I think it, even in the most competitive rounds, Shields still won convincingly. Um, obviously, you know, I'd, I'd, give, I'd give about one or two to Marshall. I, I do have to watch it back because um, I only did watch it live. But from what I can remember, give one or two to Marshall. I think even her best work that won her rounds, it was smothered. It wasn't clean. The last
0: round, the lot, they went toe to toe in the last round right at the end. Uh, that, that, that was a great scrap.
1: Yeah, it, and... You know, shout out to, to Shields for inviting that and, and allowing that to happen, saying, look, this is a, the closing moments of the fight. The fans are going to love this part. And, you know, some fighters would just stay smart, stay yeah. out of the way of danger and just like finish strong. But she's like, put All the right. ball in the corner. Yeah, even, even if it, it, she risked a potential knockdown there because she knows, you know, she definitely found out how hard Marshall can punch and she still took it on. So shout out to her for... That is just the confidence you know you're talking about the ring walk it's just that that confidence um
0: unreal the dark the, the dance routine um the swagger walking up to the ring she looked like she had, just didn't have a weight on her shoulders and i don't think i don't think i've ever seen a ring walk like that i think every time i've seen a ring walk, i saw anthony joshua klitschko live and anthony joshua going on that platform at wembley and he looked so nervous like, yeah. so unbelievably nervous I, I, and you could tell, however much confidence he was trying to kind of show the world, he was nervous. Um, but, but that ring walk on Saturday night was something else.
1: Yeah. And what it reminded me of uh, for any UFC fans or MMA heads out there was uh, Israel Adesanya's walkout. I think it was in the first Robert Whitaker fight. It might have been his either his first world title shot or his first defense of the world title. And I swear that boy was doing backflips and stuff like to come out in, in the most important night of your life. Yeah. For what you've trained for since being a young child to go out what, there. And risk
0: or breaking or your neck on a backflip.
1: So. <sighs> What's that?
0: And risk breaking your neck on a backflip.
1: <laughs> that would be me. That sounds like my luck. So uh, luckily that didn't happen to on you, And you know, both, Shields and him went out to uh to get the win. But I think that's almost a bit of foreshadowing nowadays. If you see someone going out there pulling all the dance moves off and it's the fight of their career, probably expect them to win. Um, but also it, it might be nice to see them get humbled as well because some people look like ah, oh, this guy's too confident, you know. This this other dude needs to knock him out.
0: Is is Clarissa the quote? That's what she calls herself. Um but have you ever seen anyone better? Katie Taylor? i mean i suppose is is pound for pound a challenger for the greatest of all time it is it, i mean just tell me what you think on that because i know you're such an advocate for women's boxing
1: yeah um even from when i started reporting on it interviewing terry harper like just under two years ago now. That was your first big interview, right? Yeah, yeah. I was, Mate, I was stressing beforehand, like, oh my God, I, you know, I'm interviewing a world champion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, even seeing it progress from there on to see, well, even speaking of Terry, to see her come back um, at about three or four weight divisions heavier than her first uh, world title she won a division in. To come back and then become 2 time is, is great for her journey. Um but yeah, to see the two biggest fights in women's boxing history occur since then is just fantastic. And I think I think I ran a poll on my socials um, to see if Taylor or Shields is the girl. And I and I'm pretty sure. I'm not just saying this for the sake of of the conversation, but I am pretty sure it did finish 50-50. So we'll need a a, th- a third opinion on that, or however many many opinions it got. We'll need the odd one to uh to sway it one way. But I think. There's cases for both of them. Um, th- what I what I will say about it is, Claressa likes to um, brag about not brag, but like you know, talk and talk about her amateur experience and her amateur pedigree. I think she's a two-time gold medalist. I think the only one so, to some beat.
0: revenge as well. She lost to Marshall in the amateurs, right? So that that yeah. was the that was the revenge that she's been waiting all of these years to to get her hands on.
1: Yeah, exactly, and. The only problem with that, with her bigging up her amateur career, is if, or like her Olympic career at least, is if Katie Taylor didn't exist and didn't do what she did for women's boxing, she, Clarissa wouldn't be getting medals. Katie Taylor put the foundations in place, boxed in front of the International Olympic Committee to prove that women's boxing has a place in the Olympics. So she she walked, boxed, and achieved just so Clarissa could go on years after and actually make her achievement. So, you know, I feel like um, Katie Taylor really is like the the godmother of women's boxing. So it's hard to knock her, but also it is undisputed, undeniable and undebatable what Clarissa has accomplished, the only three times undisputed or three-way undisputed uh, women's champion, shall I say, it's just it's just crazy. And to to go and get a third on last Saturday night, uh, even like her style as well, she's she really looking like the Floyd of women's boxing, I can't lie.
0: Well, you, you speak of the Floyd of women's boxing. I saw a headline this week that compared Devin Haney to Floyd Mayweather. So that's quite a nice transition. Just very quickly, though, I think we'll get a rematch of Shields Marshall in the summer is what I've been reading. So let's hope so. It'll be a blockbuster fight and hopefully it lives up to the expectations that they've set for themselves. Um, but we'll go on to Devin Haney. who also fought last weekend. And we didn't touch on this last week because we didn't have a podcast. Uh, I was busy gallivanting in America and uh, doing nice a load so of stuff nice. out there. But back in the UK, this fight took place in Australia against George Campobosas Jr. And I don't know if you can say it was a surprise or not, uh, but Devin Haney one very very comfortably not to say George Cambosis didn't fight well of course he did um he can come out with his head held high picked up a lot of cuts bruises and scrapes um but I think you have to admire and take your hat off to Devin Haney his ability to mix it up is what really impressed me won the first of those two fights with the jab the left jab um and that proved the difference and then the display of versatility last week where I can watch a boxer switch it up so easily and use his right hand to help win a fight it's it's like watching it's like watching a great which I think devin haney undoubtedly is he won the fight 118 uh to 109 by one judge and then 118 1010 by the other two um so what a fight two straight losses now for George what what does, what where does his future lie that's a big question Does he retire now? I hope he doesn't. Um, But what a fight that was, Max.
1: I'm just curious, Noah. Would Would have you been able to see that normal time out in Chicago? Like, how does the time zones work there? Because I feel like Australia is like one side of us and like down, and then America is like the other way. But obviously, this whole world's a circle, so it's it's closer than I imagined. But what what are the time zones like? Because I think there's like eight hours. Between us and Chicago, I might even be wrong with that. I'm so out of touch with. He's he's hang
0: he's hanging me out to dry. Okay, I didn't watch that fight live. I watched that I watched that fight when I got back to the UK. Max, stop, stop it. Um, yeah, I've I've no idea what the time zone is between Australia and um Chicago because I, I didn't watch it live, but I watched it back, and the the difference between Chicago and the UK is six hours, so. Some sort of answer to your question, but um, I watched it. That's the most important thing.
1: I'll, I'll let you off, Noah. I Thanks, didn't man. even watch it in in live time as well. And obviously, you know, with with your misses out there, you were distracted, man. I'll I'll, it's, I'll it's that. Every, every time yeah, you're in you the game. No excuses. No excuses. Okay. No excuses. <laughs> right.
0: That. Am I schooling from Max Taylor? who you, you should go and follow and add. Go. Actually, don't go and follow him. Max Taylor Sports Sportsgram. Leave it well alone. Load like of rubbish. It. You <laughs> don't
1: want to hear <laughs> it. <about> it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> go on, um, Max. What, what did you think?
1: Yeah, no, just quickly, it was um, Devin Haney. I think he's just showing more levels to his game with every fight. I think, I'm going to go out and say it, maybe maybe a little more relevant, but the rematch with Cambosis is pro- is there and around just as irrelevant as the trilogy between Chisora and Fury because no one needed to see that again. There was no inclination that Cambosas could have won that fight from the first fight. We knew that it was just not going to happen. But obviously, you know, rematch clauses and stuff. Um, Kambosis, I guess you could say he deserved it, but he didn't even uh, make one one title defense, which is hard to do when you're fighting a division like the lightweights when there's so much competition there and future greats, as you said, like Devin Haney, um, to become undisputed and then defend it in the in the manner that he does in the convincing way he does um I just I can't wait to see him get in there with you know other top guys now higher level guys your Shakur Stevenson's, your Ryan Garcia's uh Tank Davis Lomachenko the list goes on so I don't want to you know I don't want to just um say to Haney oh yeah that was a good win but you know fight someone else obviously you got to understand that that was elite level boxing that he was showing there and um yeah, I just I can't wait to see him get in there with uh, one of those top six.
0: And you, you mentioned Lomachenko there and obviously big headlines surrounding him at the moment because he's fighting again on Saturday night for the first time in quite a long time. The 34 year old stepping into the ring with a record of 16 wins, two losses uh, but, and no draws Um, and 11 of those wins coming by knockout. He takes on Jermaine Ortiz at MSG on Saturday night. And the, the stats suggest that actually South Paul Lomachenko has the advantage in power over Ortiz. A 69% knockout percentage over Ortiz. It's 50. Lomma, obviously famously beaten by Teofimo Lopez in October 2020. Unanimous decision in that one. And that was for the WBA Super World Lightweight along with the IBF and WBO as well. Um, he most recently beat Richard Comey in New York last December. Um, But that's still a long time. He's been out of the ring, Max. Is
1: that last December?
0: That was December 2021. Yeah. Long time.
1: I know. Like, I'm seeing on Twitter a lot recently that, like, fighters getting um, criticized for their inactivity. And I'm, like, there are names coming up that I'm like, no, they they fall recently. Like, they fall. And I look back and it was, like, last year. It's crazy. It's just It's going too fast, man. It's going way too fast. But Yes, um, always, always a pleasure to watch Vasily Lomachenko in action. Um, and, you know, as we just come from talking about Haney as well, it's such a fight I want to see down the line. I think um, if Lomachenko, which he should do, win inside the distance this weekend in convincing style, I think he definitely should be next in line for Haney's titles as a chance. Out of respect for what he's done in the division in the last eight to nine years that man if there's anyone that deserves a title shot for all the titles it is Lomachenko so um it would be really interesting to see especially because there's this whole narrative going on about um like with the ring magazine's inclusion how they haven't put Haney in the top 10 which they might want to uh, check now after his win against Cambosas for the second time but you know there's this whole um debate going on about that,
0: that is astonishing though that he didn't make the top 10. I mean, if he doesn't make the 10, then then you have to question who else does. Because I don't think there are many, if not maybe, this is controversial, any better at that level than Devin Haney.
1: I think the problem is there's a lot of different factors with pound for pound. I'd say if pound for pound was just based on skill, then Haney would be probably about top five. But the fact it includes what weights you've traversed at, um oh was this so this was Haney. the pound for
0: pound list, was it? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, right, right got it. Okay, pound for pound, and that's a different story. I thought you were talking about in the lightweights. Okay.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, no, no. I was gonna say yeah, how
0: how does Haney yeah. not make the top ten? Completely different story. All right.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is across all weights and divisions. Like, you know, given just going off titles, Haney's top dog right now. He is he is number one. Um, so yeah, he, he's at least number one or two, but someone has to come and And knock him off his perch if if they if they want to if they you know disagree and think otherwise. So Lomachenko, just in case you found this podcast by any chance, uh (laughs) do you want to fight Devin Haney for us?
0: In case you're listening, Lama, let us know. Drop a comment in the comment section or just drop (laughs) myself or Max a message on Instagram. Um and Llama, you're fighting a guy who's never lost. Um, Jermaine Ortiz makes his way to the ring with an unblemished record of 16 wins and a draw, eight wins by knockout. Um, he's fought twice this year or If you cast your mind back to beating Jamal Herring, who is retired now, or even earlier, I think in February, he'd beat Nahe Albright. So listen, the guy the guy's been active and, and the guy's been winning.
1: Yeah, he's he's done what he has to do in his career, beating people ass in front of him, taking a step up in competition against Herring, albeit you know, Jamal was past his prime. But he's he's done what he's needed to do. He's climbed the rankings and He's got a big payday now and a legendary name in boxing. So I can't see him winning it, but there's no shame in losing it for sure. Um, no, for sure. It'll be career-defining uh, for Ortiz on Saturday. But, yeah, I think Lomachenko just needs to continue this, uh, keep up his hot streak, because he, I think he bounced back fantastically uh, after the Lopez loss. Like like Ortiz has done, he'd done the same thing. Had, you know, top people in front of him. Um, people like to call it... Teofimo Lopez's leftovers or whatever but you know he's just beaten guys that were knocking around the top rank to to re-establish himself up there and I think he's done that with the win over Ortiz then I think uh, we can we can put this uh, Haney Lomachenko pound for pound debate to bed and uh, have them fight out for all the marbles in lightweight.
0: Yeah great fight for both, for Lomachenko it's a stepping stone and for Ortiz like you said it's a chance to get in with one of the best ever in boxing and This week, Liverpool, your team are playing Derby County, who are the team I work very closely with, and they're playing each other in the EFL Cup in November. And I've been speaking to loads of kind of ex-Derby players who have played against Liverpool and players who, in their careers, perhaps didn't achieve as much as those against them when they played at Anfield. It was amazing. I spoke to Craig Fagan, who was a Derby player, like 32 times for Derby. So he's not a big name unless you're a Derby (laughs) County fan. Legend, legend. But he played at Anfield and it's the same thing. It's like this guy, no matter what he achieved in his career, honestly, I, I don't know how much else, what, what what else he achieved in his career, um, but he played at Anfield and th- and that's the same for Ortiz. He fought Lomachenko he, or he will be fighting Lomachenko. So another, it's a win for him and it's a win for Loma. And I don't know if it's going to be a blockbuster, um, but it should be a comfortable night of work for Lomachenko. And that rounds us off, really. We've got that fight on the weekend. Some massive fights over the previous couple of weeks with the women in action and Devin Haney as well. And then, obviously, the news that Tyson Fury will take on Derek Chisora in December at the Tottenham Hospital Stadium, um, which no one wants to see. No one wants to see it. I don't... I just... It's astonishing that this is the top level of British boxing and, and no one cares less about this fight. But there you go. Um, It's happening and there's nothing the middleman can do about it, apart from moan and complain, which we will. um, But that's about it from us. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching and subscribing and everything else you do. And we'll be back next week.
1: Yeah. Uh, As per every week, guys, we appreciate your interaction. Uh, Listening to us ramble on, as Noah said, moan and complain at times uh, at the state of the sport we love. But yeah, um, really, really great chat again about you know, a nice positive aspect of boxing this time and uh, stay tuned because I feel like we say this every week and, and it doesn't actually happen, but I promise you next week we do have someone, do. Uh, someone different, someone very outspoken, someone entertaining, uh, someone whose opinion I love to, to hear about, uh, whether I agree or disagree. Um, he's great. So, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, very exciting conversation coming next week and yeah we'll have a lot more to talk about then so thank you guys once again like comment subscribe stream download do this do that um but most of all have a great weekend uh, enjoy the sport i hope you enjoy it as much as we do goodbye